Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas odds maker. And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence. And now, let's get it on. Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread in this week number 10 of the National Football League season. College football winding its way closer and closer to the college football conferences and hopefully the upcoming college football playoffs. With that, I want to welcome our co-host Victor King onto the show. Victor, before we jump into the festivities today, kudos and congratulations on a great job on the totals tip sheet last week. Three and one last week, six and two the last two weeks. It's a major nice winning run to see the totals tip sheet now cooking. Thank you, Mark. Indeed it is. It is our uh, pre-Turkey weekend edition of the podcast. And uh, again, you mentioned uh, another good week for the tip sheet, three and one. Tuco, two winners in a row. He's back on the winning trail. Our service brought home the bacon with, again, our four-star over of the week in the NFL. That was in the Dolphins-Chargers game down here in South Florida. We didn't cash it until two minutes remained in the game, but uh, nevertheless, we got the happy ending. And that does make it five in a row, I want to point out. We're going to be gunning for six straight overs of the week this coming Sunday. Our selection will be up at playbook.com. And as we head into our college football segment, Mark, I'll say this. I mean, home field advantage means less this year than ever, and that's both in pro football and in college football. You know, sharp handicappers, they do tend to follow the Sagarin ratings. And this year, uh, Jeff Sagarin ratings give home teams only a 1.73-point advantage this season, and that is by far the lowest in their existence. Some years, the Sagarin home field advantage is four points per game, Many years, it's over three points per game. Very, very rarely is it less than two. But in this, of course, COVID season, their home field rankings are only 1.73 per team this season. Well, as you say, Victor, the proof is in the pudding. And the pudding is the fact that these home teams, one, they don't have the fan support, uh, which is the largest, I think, contributing factor to the lack of success of home teams this year. Uh, And also... Uh, the the COVID scheduling, uh, the cancellations, the postponements, everything that's going on week after week. It's, uh, I think if I were Vegas, and I know you can't do this in Vegas, you could probably do it in an offshore, but because Vegas, whatever props they put up have to be predicated upon the play on the field, the result of the play on the field. But uh, I'm sure we're going to start seeing overs, unders, and how many cancellations and uh, postponements we're having each week in college football. I think last week it was 12, maybe 12 or 13. I mean, it was double digits and it's growing more and more as this, uh, yep. the virus is beginning to spread and getting a little bit out of control. Uh, also, just a quick note before I get into a little bit of what I want to share with what I learned last week in college football is uh, kudos to Victor on a great hot winning run. Our service has been on a great hot winning run, as yep. was the playbook newsletter. But in the sake of total transparency, we bit the bullet last week. Uh, we really dropped an egg last week. Uh, we had a real tough week, our worst week of the season last week in college and in pro football and in the football newsletter. And uh, 
very, very unsettling to me to have to do that and to report that. But the truth of the matter is everything does average out in the end as long as you stick to the game plan. And we're doing just that, sticking to the game plan moving forward here. And uh, like a, a golfer that's taught by a golf psychiatrist coach, psychologist coach would tell him, ignore the bad shot you just hit. Focus on the upcoming shot you've got in front of you. And that's exactly what it's all about in this handicapping world. When you do go through a tough time or a bad week, much as we did last week, it's very, very important to focus on what's in front of you and at hand as opposed to what happened in the rear view mirror. We can learn from what happened in the rear view mirror. But the important thing is to focus on what's in front of us here coming up this particular week. And with that thought, Victor, in mind, uh, my what I learned in college football last week, I'm going to share this because I think this is a real good topic we can maybe hit on here, is that it's becoming more and more apparent to me that there is a good likelihood, a real good likelihood, that we may see a group of five team make the college football playoffs this year. There are that many group of five teams that are playing with enough success to warrant the conversation and coupled with the fact that with the conferences, the big or the uh, major conferences, the power five conferences having to face the majority of their games against one another, there's a strong likelihood there. They're going to be a a handful of two lost teams that will be talked about uh, for the college football uh, playoff. No, No two lost team has ever appeared that. And if that's the case this year, we just may find a group of five team making it into the college football playoff. Now, that's my thought. And with that thought in mind, I think it's well worth looking at and following the handful of teams that would be in consideration for a possible group of five um, matchup or pairing into the college football playoff. Your thought, Victor, and your take on that possibility existing, or is it just blowing smoke and we will see nothing but power five teams in the college football playoff this year? Well, you know, if there was ever a year for a team outside the Power Five to uh, crack the code to the top four, this could definitely be it. The pandemic, of course, has wreaked havoc on college football schedules. You just touched on it. Games are being canceled by the hour almost, and it ultimately forces the committee to compare teams with vastly different resumes. Uh, Case in point, look at just the top ten right now. You got a couple of teams who are just like 2 and 0 on the season who are in the top 10, Oregon and Wisconsin. Then again, you got a couple of teams who are 7 and 0 or 8 and 0 on the year and in the top 10. BYU and both Cincinnati both come to mind. And I believe that now more than ever that the actual number of games played this year should matter in the committee's rankings because quite frankly the more games you play the more you risk and the more it wears on a given team i mean these teams risk losing they risk injuries they've had to deal with the covid week after week all the testing it almost doesn't seem fair to me the number of games absolutely should matter Uh, i mean if you're playing five six games it almost feels like an exhibition season Uh, For that reason, I think you basically have to almost throw out the entire Pac-12 conference when it gets down to that final four. And uh, you touched on it. Uh, The Associated Press top 25 this season already has been speckled with many different surprises. Your Marshalls, your Coastal Carolinas, Liberty, the Raging Cajuns, uh, Tulsa. But the two teams who have risen above it all 
have basically been number seven Cincinnati and number eight BYU. And for me, if Cincinnati finishes the year with an 11 and 0 record, they deserve to be one of those top four teams. It'll mean that they'll have to finish this season with three consecutive road wins. Their toughest game of the year is uh, down here this week. You know, they're taking on um, the Central Florida Knights down at the bounce house uh, this week. Number seven, Cincinnati taking on Central Florida. Not to mention they go on the road next week to take on Temple, and they finish this season with a Friday night rolled game against upstart Tulsa as well. So three consecutive road wins to finish the season, and, yeah, Cincinnati definitely has my attention to crack the code and make the top four. Yeah, they sure do, Victor. It'll be a big test for them when they do take on UCF this Saturday. And not only do they have to get past that game, they have to uh, run the uh, you know run the uh, gambit throughout yep. the conference and win the conference championship because no, certainly no, uh, group of five team with one loss is going to even be considered. So everybody that we're talking about, the Marshalls, the Liberties, the Cincinnatis, the BYUs, the Coastal Carolinas, they're going to all have to stay clean throughout the rest of the season to even be in the talk about making the college football playoff this year. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's shift over to the National Football League side of things. And Victor, before I hand it off to you uh, to do a little recap of how the dogs have been both in college and the NFL. I know I passed right past the college football underdog results thing, but maybe we can couple that together here. Uh, let's do that first because I'll, we'll do that and then I'll get into what I learned last week. So anything that was uh, noteworthy as far as the dog results go in both college or the NFL this season? Uh, in the colleges, rough week for the dogs, 17-24 and three last week. Home dogs, uh, particularly poor, four and 10 against the spread last week. Still on the year uh, in college football, underdogs, 168, 154 and six. Uh, conference dogs slightly better at 142, 125 and six. And then moving into the NFL, again, not the best week of the season for dogs in pro football. They went five and eight ATS last week. But again, on the season, still a very strong 57% overall. NFL dogs, 81, 61 and two in our database. The best home dog situation this year, it's quite frankly divisional. Home dogs. They've gone 12 and 4 against the spread. That's 75% of the season. There is one of these divisional home underdogs going this week in the NFL. And the best uh, road dog situation, 18 and 6 so far this year. That's a, also a very strong 75%. Non division road dogs taking on any opponent off a loss. There are four of these dogs this week in that 75% situation. Cincinnati on the road against Washington, Detroit versus Carolina, Tennessee versus Baltimore. We'll touch on that game a little later. And then finally, the Jets plus the points against the Chargers. So still a very solid year in the NFL for dogs. And uh, on a quick side note, it was the lowest scoring season in terms of over-unders last week from a points-per-game perspective. Last week's combined points-per-game, 45.7. That was the lowest uh, average on the season, six overs, eight unders uh, for the year NFL game. Still at 77, 68, and two over under. That's 77 overs, 68 unders. What you do definitely want to do is stay away from the prime time games over the total. I know the uh, average Joe out there loves betting those prime time games over. 
you don't want to be doing that this season. Sunday night and Monday night games alone have gone 7 and 16 over under. That's 7 overs, 16 unders. So there you have your dog report and your over under report. And uh, I'm sure you've got some uh, rushing numbers you want to talk about in the NFL. I do, Victor, and that's uh, the, the thought of uh, what I want to share with everybody, of what I learned last week in the National Football League. And uh, if at no other time, it was more apparent last week when Nick Chubb returned to the Cleveland Browns lineup, uh, and so too did Wyatt Teller, uh, said to be by football focus, the best guard in the National Football League. He was back in the starting lineup, and Austin Cooper, their starting tight end, was back. So what happens with the Cleveland Browns? They run the football in the contest for over 200 yards in the game behind the best running combination in the National Football League, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And it only bears out the fact that it's so vitally important to have a running game in the National Football League if you're going to want to win and move forward and make the playoffs, which really enhances the Cleveland Browns' chances in that sense. And all you need to do is take a look at what happened last year and what's happened this year to the San Francisco 49ers. They were a dominant team on the ground last year. Obviously, they avoided a lot of injuries, which they have not been able to do this year. They've been the most snake-bit injury-laden team in the NFL this year. And because of it, the San Francisco 49ers ground game has all but dissolved and disappeared. The last three games, San Francisco has rushed the ball for 52, 55, and 49 yards. You can't win football games without having a ground game because it balances the attack out. It makes the quarterback that much more effective. All you need to do is take a look at Kirk Cousins and what's happened to that revitalization at Minnesota since Delvin Cook became healthy and was become a, a, a terror running the football. They're back in the hunt right now because of Delvin Cook in that running game at Minnesota. So what I learned more than ever before this past week is the importance of having a running game witness the Cleveland Browns. That's my take, Victor, and what I saw in the National Football League this week. Uh, anything else you want to share before I share with our listeners the current playoff picture? I was just going to throw something in in regards to the Vikings that uh, you were dead on with. And it's it's kind of weird how one of the hottest teams in the NFL is still under 500 for the season. But that is where Minnesota is. They dug themselves an early season hole. But they're only a half game out of second place in that particular division. They're three games behind the Packers. Uh, the path is there for them to make the playoffs, particularly with an added playoff spot this season and the fact that uh, they can easily get in uh, as a wild card team as well. So it's, again, kind of weird how one of the hottest teams in the league is still under 500 for the year, but they are playing like uh, blazes in the last month of the play of season. Yeah, they're knocking on the playoff door picture. And in fact, here's an update of if the playoffs were to start this weekend, where teams would be as far as seeding goes. The number one seeds would be Pittsburgh, and Green Bay out of the AFC and NFC, respectively. Number two seeds, Kansas City and New Orleans, followed by the number three seeds, the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Two surprise teams, if what you would have anticipated at the beginning of the season, right now holding down the number three seeds in the NFL playoff picture. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles despite the fact that the uh, NFC East looks absolutely pathetic, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are going to win by default that division. It appears right now, at least they may be, but they're in the position to do just that. Number five seeds, the red-hot Las Vegas Raiders and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who came alive uh, last week in their big football game. Number six, the Miami Dolphins and the LA Rams. Kudos to the great job 
that Brian Flores has done down here in Miami with the Dolphins. He's got this football team back on track. Number seven in final seeds would be the Baltimore Ravens, who are slipping like the temperatures in the fall, and the Seattle Seahawks, who are also beginning to regress from where they were earlier on in the season. Just on the outside looking in, the number eight seeds would be the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears, followed by the number nine seeds, Tennessee and Minnesota, we talked about just a bit ago. And finally, the number 10 seeds, the New England Patriots and the Detroit Lions. So that's where teams would be stacking up as far as the NFL playoff goes in that picture is concerned heading into this weekend. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor Niger and Tara Pout, our NFL Game of the Week. We had a dandy inside the AFC. You're going to hear about that and a whole lot more as we hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. Simply visit playbook.com and click on the tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, as we go against the spread on the college and pro football cards this week. And it's time for our featured NFL game of the week. And we've got another dandy on tap in the AFC. A playoff rematch, if you will, when the Tennessee Titans invade Baltimore to take on the Ravens this Sunday Victor, how do you see these two teams shaping out from an over-under perspective? You know, Mark, before we get into our uh, OU angle in this particular game, I I just wanted to throw my two cents worth in regards to the confounding Philadelphia Eagles since you just touched on them and the fact that with their 3-5-1 record, they're still winning their division. This is a very, very difficult team, in my opinion, to both handicap and then to watch on TV. I mean... I think Doug Peterson's seat as Philadelphia head coach is getting a little bit warm. But this says it better than anything else I could see. I I got this from Twitter. The fact that the Eagles are averaging less than five yards per pass play on the season, only 4.96, and yet they are rushing for over five-point yards per running play at 5.12. And if you tell me, man, I haven't seen that in a long time, you'd be absolutely correct. No NFL team has done this. Passed for less than five yards per play and rushed for over five yards per play in 47 years. The last team to do this was the 1973 Buffalo Bills, who passed for 4.09 yards per game and rushed for 5.1 yards per game behind a running back named... Oh, 
J. Simpson. Oh, there we go. So there's your confounding <laughs> Eagles stat of the week. Uh, very exasperating team to, again, handicap, wager on, and then watch on television. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a good stat. Good stuff there, Victor. Keep an eye on those Philadelphia Eagles and see whether or not those numbers continue on that path. They're going to have to get Carson, Hel- Carson Wentz playing a lot better brand of football if they want to represent the NFC East in the playoffs this year. And with that, Victor, let's circle back to this Titans-Ravens game. How do you see the over-under total shaking out in this contest? Let's do so. This is a uh, one of a handful of games featuring six and three or better teams taking on each other. In this particular case, the Tennessee Titans-Baltimore Ravens. Ravens opened it a seven-point favorite. They're down to six. Looks like there's been some early action coming in on the underdog Titans. And as far as the over-under line, it opened at 47 and it is working its way up again as we speak. The last time I looked, it is at 49 points. So there is some early activity on this particular game over the total. And I'm not buying it myself. But again, based on that point spread and the over-under line, the anticipated final score in this game is Baltimore 27 and a half, Tennessee 21 and a half. And I got to tell you, I don't know if I can see Baltimore getting to that point total. This is a team that struggled as of late. I'm sure you'll touch on the fact that they've dropped two out of their last three games. And in those three games, have failed to eclipse 24 points on offense. They're struggling on offense, just like the Tennessee Titans are, who have had four straight games in which they have not eclipsed 24 points as well. What I like in regards to the under in this particular game is the fact that each of the last seven meetings in this Ravens Titan series have gone under the total with an average margin of minus 9.2 points per game. So it is historically a low scoring series. Now there's also a big revenge angle in place as Baltimore still remembers that playoff loss from last January to this same Tennessee team. From the database, 0-11 over-under in the last two seasons. AFC home favorites of greater than two points with revenge versus any conference opponent when the over-under line is greater than 46 points. This game qualifies in that. Last Sunday night, the Ravens, of course, were big road favorites against the Patriots. They lost outright in a shocker. And that particular loss also sets up a great database under situation in fact, this has gone 1-17 and 17 over under in the last five years. NFL teams playing off a road loss in which they were a big favorite of six or more points. That applies to the Ravens in this game. Of course, Tennessee, they lost last week in that Thursday nighter against the Indianapolis Colts. And I've got a 3-18 and 18 over under database situation here. Game 13 or less teams off a Thursday loss that went over the total. That applies to Tennessee. And, of course, the final score of that division loss was Indianapolis 34, Tennessee 17 last week. We've got a 9-28 and 28 over-under situation. NFL teams off a home game in which they scored 17 or less and allowed 34 or more. Again, that applies to the Titans in this particular game. A division query kind of pretty much locks this down for me and my play on the under. AFC North versus AFC South games have gone 11 and 33 over under all time in our database when the over under line is 46 or greater points. 
Now, the great thing about this game is that the line continues to go up, and we already love the under. That gives us time now. That gives us sharp betters time to follow, track the line movement, and then make your move when the line hits its zenith. So we're at 49 in this game right now. I'm not saying you got to go in today or when you listen to the podcast and make your play. But this is one of those perfect games to follow over the next couple of days. And again, you want to wait till the over-under line tops out before you make your move. So with a line right now at 49, there is a chance that this game can get to 50, maybe even 51 by the time we get closer to the weekend. So our play is definitely on the under in this game, but we don't have to make a move right now, Mark. Us sharp betters, we're always searching for the best line value, and that's what we're going to be doing in the next three to four days. But again, track the line move in this game. When you see that the line has pretty much reached its zenith, that's when we make our move and play the Titans and Ravens under the total. Victor, tracking the line move in this football game, looking to go under the total in the Ravens-Titans football game this Sunday. Play close attention, if you will, to that over-under total in the football game if you want to ferret out the value in the contest. This game happens to be a matchup of two uh, two teams of the six teams out of the AFC that are actually 6-3 and three on the season this year. There's a lot of banding going on about in the National Football League as far as playoff positioning goes. And this is one of those critical games. Like I say, six teams in the AFC that are 6-3 and three right now trying to find a spot in the NFL football playoffs. The Tennessee Titans come into the football game struggling of late here. No question about that. They're just 1-3 and three straight up and against the spread in the last four football games. The Titans have also fared well, I should say, in the past when they're coming off a Thursday football game, which they are in this contest, when they've taken to the road after Thursday games, they're 5-1 straight up and to the number, including a perfect 3-0 straight up into the number when they're coming off a straight up an ATS loss. On the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens come in here with playoff revenge on their minds. From last football season, they lost embarrassingly as a 10-point home favorite last year to the Tennessee Titans, 28-10. It ended their season with a thud, and I'm sure Baltimore remembers that coming into this football game. Unfortunately for Baltimore, this football team is struggling. If you take a look at their numbers this year as opposed to last year, uh, their offense is down 67 yards a game. Their scoring is down 5 points a game. Their defense is down 23 yards a game. You might want to look at Tennessee and what they're doing this year as opposed to last year. Well, Tennessee's offense is up 16 yards a game and up three points a game. It's their defense that's struggled for Tennessee so far this football season here. The bottom line to me in this contest here is I was going to look at Tennessee in the game, but uh, when I'm looking here, that playoff revenge is nasty to me if you take a look at the playoff revenge factor in the contest here. Uh, and you've also got, if you will, Look at what Lamar Jackson has done in his National Football League career against winning and losing football teams. Against losing teams in his career, Lamar Jackson is 15-1 and straight up, 9-5-2 against the spread. Against winning football opponents, teams with a winning record, he's 10-6 and straight up, but he's only 3-6 and to the spread when he's favored in those football games, and all of them have been at home. With that, I'll have a small lean to Tennessee in the football game based on those numbers and the fact that Baltimore appears to be falling rapidly 
and can't find their way, especially the Baltimore team this year as opposed to last. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now for one of our favorite segments on the show as we join in with our good friend Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? And I hope the weather in Vegas is as nice as it is down here in South Florida. Well, Mark, the weather has actually turned very nice the last uh, few days. We had our cold spell. Now we're back in the mid to upper 70s on a regular basis, which is still a little bit unusual for Las Vegas at this time of the year. And we'll probably return to those 60 degrees within about another 10 days. But for me, the big story continues to be waking up each morning and finding out which games are being postponed or canceled due to the, uh, uh, the COVID. I've had a run this year. Where you know in, in my in my newsletter I pick four games that I write up I call them key selections etc and I've had almost every week at least one of those games uh, postponed and the latest to occur this week was the game announced uh, a short while ago between SMU and Houston apparently Houston has uh, some issues with the COVID and they're not able to field or at least right now they're not expected to be able to field the minimum required number of uh, of athletes and so the uh, Houston uh, SMU game has been tentatively postponed and possibly rescheduled for some time in uh, December. I was looking forward to playing SMU after uh, they uh, blew that uh, that big lead at uh, uh, Tulsa last week, and uh, it was one I was looking forward to. But once again, uh, and we we saw it la- uh, the other night, uh, the Duke Wake Forest game was uh, uh, was 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 canceled as well, and. I think, unfortunately, with the way the numbers are going, we may see more rather than less of this as we uh, try to complete the season. And, of course, the major concern are for those conferences that started late, uh, such as the Pac-12 and the uh, Big Ten, where uh, they they may only get to complete five or six games at most. Hopefully that's not the case, but I think the folks are preparing for it and planning for it as far as the wind-up to the college football season is concerned. Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy authors one of the finest football newsletters on the market today. You want to score a copy, simply log on to TheLogicalApproach.com. Pick up your copy today. He also goes over this week specifically. He reviews NFL over-under totals, of which I know Victor's going to be pouring into, and what the key numbers in those totals is today and what they've been in the past. So check that out at TheLogicalApproach.com for Andy Isco's newsletter this week. And with that, Andy, you're in Las Vegas, and so too are the major contests that take place each and every year. I'm speaking specifically of the Superbook Contest and the contest at the Circa. So if you would be so kind as to give us the update of where things stand at the moment as we head into the weekend. Sure, Mark. Let's start with the uh, Super Contest Classic. That's the granddaddy of all the contests that have been around for little more than 30 years. Uh, the uh, we, we look each week at the top five consensus plays, who are the five most popular teams against the point spread. Last week, there was actually a tie for the number five spot, so there were six consensus plays to review uh, or to recap from last week. They went three, two, and one against the point spread for the season through 10 weeks, 25, 26, and one. So not a very good uh, season thus far for the consensus. But that's not unusual, over 1,100 entries this year. The top selection uh, pushed last week as the Cleveland Browns were laying three in the contest uh, in, their, uh, in, in their game last week, and they ended up uh, pushing the number uh, for the season for the 10 weeks, five, four, and one for the number one play. Uh, the third quarter is uh, now uh, one half complete. 
There are two leaders in the uh, Super Contest Classic uh, third quarter competition, tied with nine points. That's a nine and one record. And there are three more right behind at eight and a half. For the contest overall, the one leader is opening up a bit of a gap. A record of 37 winners, 11 losses, and two pushes. That's 38 points out of a possible 50 for the 10 weeks. That equates to a 76.0 winning percentage. And that's good enough right now for a four-point lead over the lone contestant in second at 34 points. And there are three more, a half point behind that contestant at 33 and a half. Overall, there are nine contestants within uh, five points of the lead. And uh, those contestants uh, are, uh, are bunched within 33 to 38, although really 33 to 34 points for four of them. Overall in the contest, 86 contestants are hitting 60% or better. The contest pays the top 100 contestants and, and, and ties. Right now, there are 117 contestants in the money, and they are hitting at a minimum of 59.0% or greater. The Super Contest Gold, which attracts 72 entries this year at $5,000 a pop uh, for the week, 3-1-1 uh, one one against the consensus. The number one selection overall also was Cleveland, so that was a push for the season to date. The consensus in the Super Contest Gold, 28 winners, 21 losers, one push. That equates uh, to uh, 50, uh, well, I don't have that here, but it equates to 50 uh, 56.5, uh, 57%. Uh, the uh, consent, the top play overall, uh, Cleveland last week, uh, much like with the uh, regular Super Contest, that was a push for the year, 6 Three and one for the number one play for the uh, five thousand uh, dollar winner take all contestants in the super contest gold. Uh, overall, the number one leader thirty three sixteen and one. That's thirty three and a half of a possible fifty points. That's sixty seven percent for the season. Uh, that contestant has only a half point lead over two contestants with another contestant uh, one half point further back. In fact, there are twelve contestants. Uh, this year that are hitting 60% or better, 12 out of the 72. And there are 24 contestants who are within five points of the lead. So it is possible if the leader goes 0-5, which did happen a few weeks ago, uh, that 24 people or 23 others have a chance to catch up. And right now to be within five points of the lead, 57% is what it is taking in the Super Contest Gold. The big contest this year is the Circuit Contest Million with just under 3,150 contestants. Last week, the consensus went 2-3. and three. For the season, however, they're at a very nice 25-20 and 20 clip. The number one pick last week were the Philadelphia Eagles, or was the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost outright to the New York Giants. That brings the consensus down slightly for the year for the number one selection to 6-4. and four. The Circa also has a quarterly prize in the third quarter. Once again, two of the four weeks are complete. One leader is at a perfect 10-0, and 0, but very close behind. Nine contestants are at 9-1 and one for the quarter number three prize. The overall leader in the contest, 38-12. and 12, That's 38 out of 50, or 76%. Uh, that's good for a one-and-a-half point lead over three contestants at 36-and-a-half. Two more contestants are one point further back at 35-and-a-half. Overall, 19 contestants are within five points of the lead. In order to be within five points of the lead, uh, that's 33 points you're hitting 66%. Overall, there are 57 contestants in the money. This contest pays the top 50-plus ties. 
right now to be in the money. It's taking a 63% success rate. And overall, in the contest of the 3,148 contestants, 196 of them are hitting at least 60% or better. And it sounds very nice, and it is very nice when you take a look, however, at the field just to show how difficult it is. That's 6.2% of all the entries are managing to hit 60% or better. Finally, the Circus Survivor Contest, that drew 1,390 entrants, a $1,390,000 prize. It's the only prize, a winner-take-all, king of the hill, last man standing, however you want to phrase it. You make one selection straight up a week, uh, not against the point spread, and thus you are limited to using the same team only once during the uh, competition. Uh, through week 10, 310 contestants remain alive in the contest as only nine were eliminated last week. And I'm uh, pleased to say that no one was eliminated because they failed to make a pick. All 310 uh, had a selection uh, last week. The teams that were eliminated, the six contestants who picked Philadelphia, as I mentioned before, they lost outright to the Giants. And the three contestants who picked the Baltimore Ravens, who lost in that Sunday night rainstorm uh, to the uh, New England Patriots. One thing to note for those contestants who may be listening, keep in mind that next week there are two parts to the Survivor Contest. Uh, the first part, not this coming week, but the following week, Thanksgiving week, all six teams are alive for the uh, three uh, games on Thanksgiving Day. That counts in, as a separate week, so you need to have at least one of those six teams remaining or you will be eliminated if you've already used all six. And then the games the following Sunday and Monday of, th of Thanksgiving Day weekend uh, are a second uh, uh, week f for the contest purposes. So you'll be making uh, hopefully two successful selections next week, one on Thursday and one for the games on uh, Sunday, Monday. Andy Isco with an overview of exactly what's going on in Las Vegas with the major contests as we keep a pulse on what's going on in Sin City that way. And Andy, if you would do us the honors as well, I know our listeners would like to know what Jay Cornegie sends out each week for the National Football League for the following week. The update of lines that he projects what the lines may be, a little bit of an overview for that would be great. And any other moves that you may have seen noteworthy on this week's card. Okay, uh, Mark, I'll just point out that they're not really what the lines may be. These are actual lines that come out every Tuesday that the public can wager on, and they stay up until the Sunday games are being played, at which point these lines come off the board. Uh, and then a few hours later, usually towards the end of the afternoon games, uh, Jay puts the lines back up. Uh, these are the what we what I consider, and most people now consider the true opening lines because the limits are raised, and you get to see what the adjustments are, largely due to what we've witnessed on Thursday night and Sunday. So it's more than just look ahead or projected lines. These are actual betting lines that come up every Tuesday, and there are four interesting adjustments. That's why I, rather than call them moves, I call them adjustments because they're reposted following uh, witnessing some of the action. Uh, for example, the uh, New England at Houston game. Uh, last week, when Jay put it up a week ago Tuesday, uh, the Houston Texans were put up as three-point favorites. Most of the adjustment actually has come when the line was reposted. Uh, it was actually got reposted before the uh, Sunday night game against Baltimore, and Houston was made just a slightly different two-and-a-half-point home favorite. However, after New England won that game, in fact, they didn't even wait till Monday morning. The game was reposted right after the Houston-New England game, and it was posted with New England at Pickham, and they were quickly bet up to a two-point favorite. Another interesting adjustment involves the Green Bay-Indianapolis game. 
Green Bay was a two-and-a-half-point advance favorite. They were bet down to a two-point favorite. Uh, the Packers were, I should say, bet down to a two-point favorite. And then after the action was completed on Sunday, Indianapolis was posted as a one-point favorite. So favorites swung based upon the results of uh, the Green Bay game Sunday and, of course, Indianapolis's win Thursday night at, uh, at Tennessee. And since then, Indianapolis has been bet up even further, reaching as high as two-and-a-half. Cincinnati, uh, let me get, uh, let's go to Tennessee at Baltimore. That's an interesting one. Baltimore was a seven point uh, home favorite. They got reposted as seven before the Sunday night game. And after that loss in the rainstorm, although we saw an adjustment in the Houston New England game following that, uh, that action, we did not see much of an adjustment at uh, Baltimore hosting Tennessee as they were reposted as a six point home favorite. Bet back up to six and a half, but not quite to the number seven where they stood for most of the week prior to the game. And the final one, which I think is a very interesting one because it involves a couple of teams that, uh, well, one is playing extremely well. One's been a little bit disappointing. Miami at Denver. This game was posted as a pick'em game. And, of course, we saw uh, Miami with uh, with their fine effort last week and Denver with their awful loss at uh, uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, when the game was reposted on Sunday afternoon, Miami was installed as a three-point favorite. That's a three-point move from Pickham to minus three, and the Dolphins have been bid up a little bit further to three and a half. So those are the major adjustments and subsequent moves that took place from uh, the advanced lines from last week. Now we'll take a look at the lines for week number 12. That's Thanksgiving Thursday, November 26th, and then Sunday and Monday, the 29th and 30th, as we close out November for the three games on Thanksgiving Day, Houston at Detroit is the opening game. No line posted on this one, largely due to what had been on the Tuesday and somewhat still remains the uncertain status of Detroit quarterback Matthew Stafford. Uh, Washington at Dallas. This one looked like the game that everyone would be saving the Dallas Cowboys for <laughs> to use in the knockout contest because they were expected to be possibly 8 to 10 point favorites before the season started. Well, they're still favored. But you'll be taking a bit of a risk if you want to go with the Cowboys. They are one-point home favorites over division rival Washington. Finally, an attractive nightcap, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. And as we often see between these two teams, it's a field goal or less. And sure enough, uh, Pittsburgh, which won the first game, had to hold on to do so. uh, Pittsburgh, a a two-and-a-half-point home favorite Thanksgiving night against Baltimore. Turning to Sunday the 29th, Uh, Our Las Vegas Raiders are at Atlanta, and I'm praying for all players on the Raiders and Atlanta to be healthy this week because this could be a very entertaining game. And, in fact, the line, and not just the total because they haven't put those up yet. They'll put those up Sunday. But the line for this game suggests it will be a competitive game because this line is Pick'em. Also at Pick'em, the Arizona Cardinals traveling across country to face the New England Patriots. The Giants off their bye week will be at Cincinnati. The Bengals surprising three-point home favorites over the still-in-contention for first place in the NFC East, New York Giants. Cleveland will be at Jacksonville. The Browns, six-point road favorites. I'll be interested to see if there's an adjustment in this game because Jacksonville has been more competitive since uh, making that quarterback change with the uh, injury to Minshew. Uh, Witnessed their game, their game effort last week against uh, uh, Green Bay. They'll uh, host uh, Pittsburgh this week. Carolina at Minnesota. The Vikings, three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Keep an eye on the Vikings. They're starting to turn things around as uh, several other teams in that division are uh, going the other way. Tennessee at Indianapolis. This is a rematch of last Thursday night's game, the quick turnaround. Indianapolis, a a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. 
The L.A. Chargers go across the country to play where the Rams played earlier this season at Buffalo. Buffalo, a six-point home favorite. Miami and at the uh, New York Jets in a rematch of Miami's 24-0 earlier win down in Miami. Dolphins favored by seven on the road. The New Orleans Saints at the Denver Broncos. There is a line on this game with the announcement that Drew Brees will be missing several weeks. And New Orleans, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite at Denver. A revenge game for the L.A. Rams, who host the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco upset them several Sunday nights ago. And the Rams, seven-point home favorites as the 49ers continue to struggle with injuries. Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Uh, This should be an exciting game, perhaps even a Super Bowl preview in the minds of some. Kansas City, a three-point road favorite at Tampa Bay. The Sunday night game currently scheduled to be Chicago at the Green Bay Packers. Packers, seven-and-a-half-point home favorites. And Monday, November 30th, and what had been expected to be an attractive game, uh, Seattle at Philadelphia. The Eagles struggling, but at 3-5-1, and one, still in first place in the uh, NFC East. Seattle, however, a three-point road favorite at the Philadelphia Eagles a week from Monday. Andy Isco with a view of what are the opening lines from Jay Cornegay for next week's National Football League games, along with an adjustment of what has been made from last week's opening lines for this week's particular football card. We're visiting with Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com as we do each and every week to get the Vegas vibe here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And Andy, before we let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you're looking at on the National Football League card this week. Okay, Mark, I heard you and uh, Victor uh, talking about this uh, game uh, before my segment, and uh, I'm in agreement with Victor. I like this to be a, a low-scoring game, but the selection I'm going with in this game is I am going with the favored Baltimore Ravens. Uh, not only are the Ravens off that uh, ugly rainstorm loss to New England Sunday night, where I'm not going to really penalize them all that much because of those conditions, but it's also, as you mentioned, uh, playoffs revenge for the Ravens. Uh, as the top seed last season, the Titans went into Baltimore, defeated the Ravens uh, very comfortably, 28-12, I believe it was, despite Baltimore having a uh, 530 to 300 yard total uh, total yards advantage. Uh, Lamar Jackson, as we mentioned, struggled uh, as he often has when stepping up in class, making this game also a personal challenge uh, for the solid young quarterback. Uh, Tennessee is off last Thursday's home loss to Indianapolis. And they visit the Colts, as I just detailed, uh, next week. So it's a it's a critical sandwich game for Baltimore because they're Sanders in between the team that uh, uh, is uh, uh, with them atop the division. Uh, Baltimore also has a revenge game at Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving Day, as we just noted as well. Both teams have solid running games, the Titans number six, the Ravens number two, but Baltimore has a decided overall edge on defense, which has been Tennessee's weakness for a good part of the season. The Titans, however, do have a major edge, and that is in avoiding turnovers, where they lead the NFL in losing only four turnovers all season. Now, both teams are 6-3, and three, which makes this an important game for both, but it's a bit more important uh, important for the Ravens. Uh, they trail Pittsburgh by three games in the AFC North and may not have an opportunity, may not be able to catch them, although they do have that game uh, next week where they could make up ground. Uh, as, as I think you also noted, the Ravens are one of six teams at uh, six and three, as are Tennessee, as are both Tennessee and Indianapolis. Uh, Tennessee is tied with the Colts for the division lead, division lead, and can at worst uh, regain a tie with a win at the uh, Colts next week, which would keep them remain tied atop the division. Baltimore's likely path to the playoffs 
is only through the wild card. So I've got Baltimore holding serve, and I've got them winning this game, covering by about a field goal or so. I see this game uh, something in the neighborhood of, say, 27-17 Ravens. Andy Isco sees a low-scoring winning cover by the Baltimore Ravens for his complimentary play on the show this week. Great job, as always, Andy, on the show. We look forward to your visit each and every week. And until next week, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck and may the ball bounce your way. Thanks, you too, Mark and uh, Victor and the reader and the uh, listeners. Have a uh, have a great weekend, and we'll uh, hook it up again next week as we uh, get set for some turkey. And uh, hoping that most of the turkey will be on our plate and not on our TV screens. I like that, Andy. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas for the Vegas Vibe. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, I'll share with you my complimentary play, Victor's his as well, and our awesome angle of the week when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at MyBookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's MyBookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it, our awesome angle of the week this week. It comes from the Playbook newsletter contained inside the Smart Box, and we call it Standing 8 Count. What we're looking to do in college football is to play against any favorite in game 8 of the season who won 10 or more games last year if they allow 24 or more points per game this season. Suddenly, things have gone bad for these 10-win football teams last year at this stage of the season with a losing record and a leaky defense. By playing against these standing eight-count teams, we are 24-7 and against the spread since 1980. That's a rock-solid 77% winning angle. And with that, we'll be playing against Navy, the midshipmen, for our standing eight-count play in college football this week. And by the way, you can read more on Navy inside the smart box inside this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. With that, let's hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this week. And Victor, if you would, if you'd share with our listeners your complimentary play as well. Sure can, Mark. Uh, We will have a selection in this week's Thursday NFL game, Seahawks and Cardinals. We'll have an over-under play in that game, available at playbook.com, as will our four-star over of the week in the NFL. We're gunning for six straight of these overs of the week. And again, that'll be available at the playbook.com website as of Wednesday evening. And hey, we got to go back to Tuco. He's got a couple of wins <laughs> under his belt. He's now 7-3 and three ATS on the season, and that's for... Last year's 2019 Rookie Handicapper of the Year for the second week in a row, Tuco's going to be riding his favorite team. Last week, he played the Miami Dolphins over 25 points in their home game down here in South Florida against the Chargers. 
The Dolphins scored 29 in that particular game. Tuco brought home the bacon. And this week, they're heading out west to the Rocky Mountains in the Mile High City. And the Dolphins' team total against Denver is 24 points. And once again, Tuco will be going over that team total of 24 points. Now, if you follow the stats, you already know that, you know, Denver's defensive numbers are bordering on alarming as they are one of only six teams in the league that's allowing more than 28 points per game on the season. But check this out. It gets almost worse by the week for this Denver defense. In games one through five this season, Denver only allowed 22 points per game. But in the last month of play, they have allowed 36.0 points per game. That's 43, 30, 34, and 37 points allowed in their last four games from the NFL database. NFL home dogs who allowed 100 or more combined points in their last three games, that applies to Denver, are allowing an average of 30.5 points per game in their next game. NFC West Division home dogs are allowing 35.9 points per game over the last 12 months. And, of course, for our hot dolphins, we note that number or, or A, they are averaging 28 points per game on the season. Even higher on the road is the Dolphins are averaging 29.4 in their road games. And in fact, they're actually averaging 31.3 points per game on the season in their non-division games. In the last five meetings versus Denver, Miami's averaging 29.2 points per game. So there you have it for the second week in a row. Tuco's taking that Miami Dolphins team total of 24 points. He's going over the total in their game against the Denver Broncos. And again, don't forget that our four-star over of the week will be available on the Playbook.com website as of Wednesday evening, in addition to the Playbook newsletter, the totals tip sheet, and the midweek alert newsletter. Victor and Tuco pick up that purple toy and go over the total once again with the Miami Dolphins for the complimentary play on the show this week. And be sure to join Victor, as he mentioned, for his four-star over total play from King Creole Sports on a red-hot winning run. You can pick it up this weekend at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play, just a quick note that our friends at mybookie.ag are still yet offering a $1,000, up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus if you log on at mybookie.ag and use the promo code PLAYBOOK. To get your up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie, call them toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Or log on today at play, or I should say mybookie.ag and use the playbook promo code to get your up to $1,000 bonus. Before I get to my complimentary play, our big five-star NFL game of the month is set to kick off this Sunday. You can pick it up part of a $99 football weekend of winners, including every college and NFL selection play I make from Saturday through Monday night. When you log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777 to take advantage of our five-star NFL game of the month weekend of winners this weekend. And with that, let's move over to our complimentary play on the college football card this week. We're going to go way out west to Hawaii and look at the Rainbow Warriors when they play host to Boise State this Saturday, the last game on the college football card. Boise State goes into the football game having dominated Hawaii in the past, winning and covering seven straight games in a row, 
including a victory in the Mountain West Conference Championship playoff last year. Boise comes into this contest really struggling. This football team looks like they're a legitimate group of five contender to play in that New Year's Day Bowl game, and I say no, they are not. This football team has lost the stats their last three football games in a row, including last week's unbelievable insight-out stat win. They beat Colorado State last week 52-21. to In that game, they scored three times on block punts, did Boise State, were out-yarded in the contest in that football game 291 to 315 total yards. Winning games with smoke and mirrors right now is Boise State, laying a healthy amount of points at Hawaii. Double digits to open at minus 11 and a half. We know Hawaii head coach Todd Graham, who took over the program this year, is outstanding at home in his career against teams that come in off a win and cover their previous game. He's 21 and 4 against the spread. That's the role he'll be in this Saturday. We'll play Hawaii plus the points over Boise State for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And until next week, for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, this is Mark Lawrence. Remind you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. 